0: It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As you are listening today, it's important that you ask yourself the question, do I know Jesus? Have I confessed and repented of my sins and received forgiveness from God? As we learned in the last edition of the Mid-East Prophecy Update, this is one of the main purposes for these updates, to ensure that as many people as possible will come to know Jesus. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May twenty seventh, 2018. I had someone uh,
1: email the office and we get a lot of letters. And by the way, this is probably a good time to uh, apologize. It is just impossible to be able to respond to just the voluminous (laughs) amounts of uh, letters and emails and comments that we get, all of which we are very grateful for and praise God for. But we get many comments, many letters, many emails, and people are are pleading with me to never stop doing the ABCs of salvation. And I, I guess this is probably a good time to let you know that um, I have no intention <laughs> of stopping the presenting of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, besides, I don't think God would let me get away with it, even if I tried. <laughs> and I think that's going to uh, come into clearer focus here in a moment. The Lord has been ministering to me, though, this need on my part to get from Bible prophecy to Jesus as quickly as I can. Because that's the purpose of Bible prophecy. Jesus. I know this might sound cliche, but it's all about Jesus. Right? And I love Bible prophecy. That's obvious, isn't it? And I know... Many of you do too. But Bible prophecy, just for the sake of Bible prophecy, is what? What does that mean? What's the point? If it doesn't take us to Jesus, if it doesn't point us to Jesus, if it doesn't bring us to Jesus. I was thinking about this, and actually just early this morning when I woke up, was praying and just asking God for help to communicate and articulate this and get it from my heart to my notes so that I could, you know, share it with you. And this is what he gave me. Bible prophecy can seem hollow for someone who is going through a very difficult trial. And the Lord has been just really bringing this to bear in my heart. And, you know, I get up here every week and I'm, you know, (laughs) talking about how that we're witnessing Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And I don't know if there's somebody watching online or somebody here in this beautiful church that is my privilege to pastor that's hanging on by a thread and they're just looking for something from the Lord. And yes, the blessed hope of the Lord's soon return can be encouraging. Even the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians said, encourage one another with these words. But that's then. What about now? What about this afternoon? What about tonight? There's this foreboding as I think about when it starts getting dark and it's time to go to bed because I know what awaits. I'll lay in that bed and I won't be able to sleep because my mind is going a million miles an hour. I can't sleep because of what's going on. Truth be known, I'm fearful. I'm fretting. I can't stop thinking about this, that, them, him, her. I'm praying for them. Maybe it's a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter They're breaking your heart. And in a way, it can almost seem like the blessed hope of the Lord's return can make it even harder. Because you long for the Lord's return, because you know that the Lord's return brings it all to an end. No more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow. The Lord himself is going to wipe those tears from our eyes. But that's then. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I think of those who had hoped that the Lord would have come back by now. And they're devastated that he hasn't. It's the second part of the proverb that I think is maybe a word fitly spoken. It says, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I think of what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy about at the end of his life, how he had run the race. He had finished well and now He was looking forward to that crown that awaited Him, that crown of righteousness, and not just Him, but all those who long for His appearing. One of the things that the Lord has really impressed upon my heart are those who are losing heart. And all I have to do is pray For the many prayer requests, particularly, by the way, we have a a prayer list. And before first service, this service, we have a prayer meeting, not just the first Tuesday of each month, but every week on Sunday mornings. And we pray for these prayers from many who have asked us to pray for them. And oh my goodness, when you read some of these prayer requests, it is just heart-wrenching people are dealing with some really intense stuff. Stage four cancer, not much time left, get your affairs in order. Dealing with kids that are now identifying as this gender or that, want nothing to do with God or the mother or the father. Please and prayers for those that are begging God for the salvation of a loved one. Again, people are just hanging on by a thread. Maybe that's you today. And if it is, then let me encourage you by assuring you that the Lord will get you through whatever it is that you're going through. Yes, we all want the Lord to return. However, the harvest is ripe and there's many more that need to be saved before he comes back. Until that time, stand on the promise of his word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always provide you with whatever you need to sustain you. I'm thinking about things in my own life that I'm praying about, concerned with, seeking God about. Lord, I need you to help me. And if you don't come back, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this or that. I'm being generic because you can fill in the blanks with your own life. And here's what the Lord has ministered to me, and I want to share it with you. Whatever it is, my grace is sufficient. Yeah, but I got a son going off to college (laughs) on the mainland. Lord, can, can you come back before he goes? What if he doesn't? Well, I'll give you the grace that you need. Yeah, but I I love him so much. I'm going to miss him so much. Yeah, but I'll give you the grace that you need. It'll be sufficient. Yeah, but I'm dealing with, with this. And again, you can fill in the blank. I'll give you whatever you need at the time you need it. Sometimes God doesn't give us Tomorrow's manna today. Uh, sufficient under the day, Matthew 6, 34, are the worries therein. In other words, tomorrow you're going to need that. Guess what? God's going to give you what you need tomorrow. Tomorrow, not today. No, we want it today because then we've got it in the bank, so to speak. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. No, no. Guess what? You're going to have to trust in Him, rely upon Him tomorrow. <laughs> He'll give you whatever you need at the time that you need it. And God is never late. He's never early either. We want him to be, but God is never late. Whatever you need, he will provide and he will sustain you. In the meantime, let's occupy until he comes. By the way, that's how we make the time go faster. You know how it is when you're busy, time flies, and when you're not, it just drags on and on. I wonder if that's what the Lord had in mind when he said, Occupy until I come. Be busy about the things of God, and it'll make the time go by quicker. Let's reach the lost before he returns. Let's give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. By the way, that's why he hasn't come yet. There's still people. Because it's, it's not God's will, Peter says, that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why the world waits. I appreciate your patience. I'm, I'm going to try to bring it in to a close here. There's one thing, though, I want to uh, share with you we need to keep the main thing the main thing what's the main thing the main thing is jesus christ and him crucified that's the main thing 1 corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 through 5 the apostle paul writing by the spirit says and so it was with me brothers and sisters when i came to you I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. That convicts me right there. And it gets worse in verse two. He says, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You hear what Paul's saying here? This goes against everything that every pastor everywhere is taught. No eloquence? You don't have to be a good communicator? No. Listen to what he says. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that, here's why, your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Again, just bear with me please. I I really need to share this from my heart to your heart. A couple of weeks ago I did an urgent prophecy update on a Thursday night, and I shared, and I didn't quite say it the way I really wanted to say it, but I Basically said something to the effect of that I'm uncomfortable being known as a prophecy expert. I don't like that. And the reason I don't like that is because then it puts the onus on me, my ability to be articulate and even persuasive and dare I say even eloquent, and I shudder in horror when I hear someone comment and says, well J.D. says, oh, don't do that to me, (laughs) please. J.D. says, so it must be true, or so-and-so says this, so it must be true, please that's resting on man's wisdom not on God's power and that's what Paul is saying here here's the bottom line the power of the gospel is that Jesus was crucified that he was buried that he rose from the dead and that he's coming back again to rescue us from the hour of tribulation that is coming upon the whole earth. Let me close with what Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica in his first epistle, chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Listen. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Oh, that's what they were known for, their faith. Not their attendance, not their building, not their prophecy updates. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Wow. That's where the power was. That's what they were known for. They were a church that was anticipating the Lord's return, waiting for his son from heaven that's a healthy church and that's what they were known for give me just two more minutes i want to share the gospel that we just talked about the gospel of salvation in jesus christ paul echoes this in first corinthians Defining what the gospel is, that Jesus Christ was crucified, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead three days later. That's the good news, which is what the word gospel means. That Jesus Christ came and died for you and for me. Now, what are we going to do about it? What is our response to it? And that's where the ABCs of salvation comes in. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 I particularly like because it sort of packages the bad news with the good news, the bad news first. Here's the bad news. We were all born with the death penalty sentence on our lives. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus paid your death penalty, paid my death penalty, And the good news is that it's the gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Free to us, paid for in full by him so it could be. The B is for believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10:9 and 10. It says, "If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what Romans 10, 9, and 10 also says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe, and are justified, And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13 says, All, all, all have sinned. Watch this. All who call upon the name of the Lord will, not might, not could, not should, will be saved. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, I implore you today, before you leave this church, to do so. It is the most important decision you will ever make in your life for eternal life. Please stand and we'll pray. Jesus, we want to keep you at the center of everything we do whenever we do these prophecy updates. Because it's all about you, Jesus. All the prophecies are about you, your first coming, and your second coming. And certainly, though not a coming to earth, the rapture when you take us out of this earth. So Lord, because the purpose of prophecy is to bring us to you, I pray for anyone here today that has never called upon you, or perhaps for some today that need to come back to you, that today would be that day. Lord, thank you And Lord, lastly, we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Cariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Savior of the world. He gave his own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, Log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of in Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.